Heyman, and you're listening to a special Changemakers collaboration with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the travel club for hotel lovers. Over the course of this series, we're going to be spotlighting some of the world's most innovative, inspiring, and sustainable hotels and the partnerships and double acts behind them. My guests today are Pascal Lauber and Ulrika Bashka, the creators of Paragon 700, the boutique hotel and spa in the heart of Pristini in Puglia, Italy. Both with a background in design, Ulrika and Pascal have lovingly and painstakingly restored every inch of Paragon 700, which is a 17th century palace that has stood empty for more than 40 years. And with this grand design, they have created one of Europe's most exciting and dynamic boutique hotel experiences. It has a mission to be better for the world, employing local tradespeople, serving homegrown and locally sourced organic produce, operating with low emissions energy, and it prides itself on being fully plastic free. To tell us more, Ulrika and Pascal, welcome to Changemakers. Thank you. Welcome. To you. Great. Great to have you. I think what we want to do is to bring this extraordinary destination to life for the benefit of listeners. Ulrika, what's the weather like today? What's going on? I think you are better in London. We have like 38 degrees since a week and we are starving. I mean, it's terribly hot, but I think it's perfect uh, for a day at the beach. Why not at Paragon uh, with the aircon? <laughs> yeah, uh, pa- Paragon with the aircon, yeah. I mean, it feels like this sort of fabulously romantic, wonderful place, this ancient Palazzo Rosso, I, I, I believe was the original name of, of the place. But let's talk a little bit about bringing it to life, the feel, the structure. Pascal, you, you've been very much involved in, in the design. Introduce it to us, introduce it to listeners. Well, I will start that I always say it's the Palazzo, it was Palazzo Tanzarella, which was the first mayor of Ostuni. So that the structure has been always very important for Ostuni. And as you said, it was for over 40 years standing, uh, like uh, old said lady, abundant and well we brought it to life for us it was like a first of love at first sight and i always say from the outside it's like i like a palazzo nobly but when you're in once you you arrive and we in the garden we have like the biggest private garden in ostuni which is 1700 square meter with the only swimming pool as well, you feel like you're in the countryside. You know, in Puglia, you have all these masserias where you um, you can stay, but they are far away. The good thing is we have a private secure parking. People can come, leave the car, have stay in the garden, feeling like in the countryside. But at mm. the same time, they are five minutes walking distance from the main piazza where they can explore the city. I mean, we have the beautiful cathedral from the 13th century. There, there are many things to do, even by, by foot. But it was only ever intended to be a holiday destination for you both, I was reading, that actually you hadn't sort of come to Puglia to think about creating a business. And I read here that amidst the food, wine, culture, sea and countryside, a passion project was discovered. Tell us a little bit about the passion project. Yeah, yeah I think uh, every project for me is a passion. Every project is different. And what actually, when I see something, I can imagine what we can do. It's always like taking the story, everything from the country where, where we are, because we did project worldwide, and making a bit more contemporary and feeling like uh, like home. I never do one project the same than the other one. 
and mm. I can work a bit, what, uh, what what makes this project special to you because it really feels like it's captured your heart this one yeah this one is i think it's also because it's uh, the last one i think it's one of my the one i made the more passion and everything because it's really um it came out um more or less exactly like I imagine when I enter the palazzo. Mm. First time. And it's like what people say when they enter here, they they feel like they're transported in in uh, somewhere else. It's like a journey back in, in time. Yes. I mean, I, I was reading a Forbes piece about, about it saying that it felt like not only a preservation, but also a celebration of the building and its history, but also with the redesign having just something that brought it into this year in terms of actually how you've tried to reflect, I guess, Puglia's culture, contemporary culture alongside an ancient culture. How, what, what have been the design inspirations, would you say? I would say for me, the design, it's not only putting uh, some furniture in place, you have to, to feel and live with everything. It means you take also all the material and everything and you mix a bit with something for me, it's very difficult to explain because it's something I, I just like feel it. You know, it's like uh, I, I think the you, spirit. You know, the spirit, and also I think you know um, Linus in Snoopy when he pull he, he pull his the, the blanket, the blanket, and I got uh, like uh, uh, something I pull, and suddenly I said, "That's it. It's come. It's here." I didn't think that I would hear you say that Snoopy was a design inspiration <laughs> for, for the hotel. But, but I'll tell you what, I love Snoopy when I was growing up. So tell us, tell us about the guests, because you're receiving guests. I mean, what sort of people are coming in to the hotel? Who, who likes it? Who are, who, are the, who are the lovers of the new generation for the Palazzo? But uh, I think the people that are coming a bit everywhere, I think what they like the most in general, everything that's more the, the, the sense of details. Mm. You can spend the day to, to the structure and you're always going to see something different because all the detail, it's, I made until the detail. And also when I do concept, it's not about uh, doing renovation, it's a, cons- a total concept. It's come from the first tone the story until the way of the barman move or everything, the kitchen. It's not only one point, it's from A to Z. Mm. And it's not only one person. We we have a great team for us. The governante, I mean, the people who so cleaning the rooms or the chef or the, the one who the washing the dishes or whoever for us we are all on the same level and we all working together there sometimes if um, maybe someone has to carry a bag uh, the specific person is not available then it comes our quorum our dishwasher and brings the, the luggage up to the rooms and when the guests arrive in the room everything is already in place so we all giving a hand uh, to to each other mm. so like and, and, and i i think that that story of the community and actually how you source products locally that kind of circularity that does come across but before we leave i guess the the design i'd like to try and bring to life for listeners the kind of the design ethos in terms of what they can expect because you know it it strikes me that this has been one part a project of 
passion and love to actually take something that had been, you know, sort of stood 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 empty for quite some time. But it's also been one where you have been really painstakingly working on the detail and working on really sort of fine tuning certain touches. I mean, what would you draw out to bring it to life? Would you say to life? It's I think it's the the choice of 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 the colors also and the, the 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 pieces because we you know we we are by by passion we visit antique fairs here we are lucky we have also uh, smaller local antique markets and now we were recently in in paris we 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 go to different market antique markets and we just if we see one specific piece we because we think it's special we we purchase it even without knowing where it gonna end up and mm. then that's what we did for for this project i mean years before or, or a long time before we had many pieces they were in one of our storerooms and we knew one day they gonna up when uh, end up somewhere on the specific spot and that it makes it very um, eclectic because it's um, one we have a chandelier from from uh, Thailand and uh, from north of Italy. The sofas have been uh, custom made in in South Africa, where the fabrics also come from. Then our one masterpieces, it's like a boma. It calls in South Africa, where you sit around in the bush to do a fire. It's a huge uh, iron ball, and we we put inside a resina, which is like a a sealer and made a box out of it. But also, I think, you know, when you design, it's all you put the... the, the when we, we buy furniture or, or, or some never finished like it, it, it used to be, I mean, it's like you give them another life. You mm-hmm. know, to, to, to do design, you have to give life also to objects. Yes. You to give them an, another way to, to, to express them. Like, and, to, and to live on. And live on and in because I, you know, it sounds extraordinary to the kind of eclectic mix that you've you've brought together. Now, talking of eclectic mixes, let's talk about you two because the, a lot of this, a lot of our, um, I guess that this this series is about the double acts, the partnerships that that create these extraordinary destinations. Now, you've both worked together on many projects in the past. Let's let's talk about who does what. How does the relationship work? I, I guess, Pascal, let's hear it first from, from your perspective in terms of the relationship, the partnership. How does that how does that manifest itself? Yeah, I think we just because we are different, we just make the a bit uh, or maybe Ulrike she make me a bit borderline when I go too far. And in the crazy idea and I'm really uh, for me the, the the design it's a passion. It's for me when I see object I can see already when it's gonna end. And Ulrike she maybe make, put everything more um, to make it work at the end. Uh, Pascal, that sounds like a great position to be in. So you've got crazy ideas. Ulrike, you've got to make them happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no. that's why normally she's not allowed to come in a building. So she come at the end to make it. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> shout out. No, I. Don't. 
Anyway, I guess that brings you to a really nice central point in terms of the passion and the practicality, is it? Yeah, absolutely. But also, I mean, if you want to make a business out of it, it's not only the fun part. There are also all the the administration thing. You know, all what you need to to operate. I mean, the software, all the what, which company to choose to join, and all the marketing. All these things, it's the other part. Fun part is also a lot, lot of work. Yeah? A lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> they always think they are working a lot and we are making jokes on the building side, but it's not true. <laughs> but you I see, have a lot of fun, I have to tell you. Well, I think having a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, mean, I work as, as part of a partnership as well. And I, I always think about, you know, what would I have been if I tried to do it just on my own? And I think I always think I would be half the person. So so enriching, I think, out of out of great double acts, great partnerships. How, how do you think you both changed over the years in terms of the influence on on one on the other? Because, you know, it, it strikes me that at its core, one of you stands on the kind of right. I'm the person that gets it done and I'm the person that has these dreams about what might be possible. Do you feel that, Pascal, you've become more on, on kind of Ulrika's side and Ulrika more on Pascal's side over the years because you both influence each other or not? not. <laughs> <laughs> Come, Come on, Ulrika, you've, you've got a chance to come back in on that. And I, I have to stay calm now. <laughs> I think staying calm might sound as the yeah. as as the key to a a great working partnership. Now, one of the things I really love reading about was the sustainable ethos of the business that you're building. It it's it sounds and it reads like it's very important to everything that you do. T- tell us why. Yeah, because I think also I mean having had our first business in a small town with 4,000 inhabitants. You have to make not only work your your own business, you have to contribute to the others. I mean, like, uh, that's why we like to maybe pay a bit more for our products in the kitchen because we want to to work with local uh, producers. And mm. then about the, the hotel um, itself, I, I always say if I travel, even if I paid 1,000 euros for a room, it doesn't mean that I want now my, my linen to be changed every day. I don't change my linen every day at home. Why should I do it in a hotel only because I paid a certain amount of, of money? I, I think then rather all the waste of are of water and and else and the same is also we choose an amenities line not in this small packaging because it's again more more plastic and then people take it away i mean you have to produce more that's why we opted to the the fill up pumping uh, things over biological and organic uh, line. Mm. So I suppose my question is, it, it feels like the environment is personally important to you both in terms of making a contribution. Do you do you feel that this is becoming a guest demand now? Do you, do you see that in the future, this is the sorts of hotels that travelers from around the world are going to want to see those that do have that that love of the planet that conscientious and hard-working environment which actually makes the difference in terms of how you source 
how you look at packaging. Do you think that this will become a major part of your pitch to the market for for the uh, for the traveler that comes to see it? Yeah, yeah I see. Sure, yeah, I'm sure more and more. Like before, uh, this five star when they change your linen every day and said it's ridiculous. You don't do it uh, home, and uh, also the, one of the biggest problem because we were living also in South Africa. It's gonna be the water. And if you don't look after water, plastic, water, and for me, for example, the, the, the lockdown, you could see the difference with the light and the animals and the people when we, we it was no human around. Means there's, we, we are the problem actually. And if we don't think about everything, and I, I, I think more and more people, they start to, to uh, take care of the planet because like the one says there is no planet B. But we, we, we destroyed and I think we are more and more looking after the, mm. where we are living means. Uh, but I suppose, I mean, you mentioned South Africa, which has had a, a dreadful drought. Italy has had it, has had the same experiences. And I suppose on one level, you can understand that people will feel a responsibility, maybe to be more environmentally conscious. But I suppose as hoteliers, as designers, as people that are crafting luxury experiences for the future, how do you make people feel good about the fact that actually you are making that difference? You are doing things by making the choice to come to a hotel like you. Is, is that a is that a kind of a message you think that you can work with? Yeah, I think it's more um, to make people understand. Like we always, uh, there's this sentence everybody or hotels like to use to feel at home, uh, but it's also feel at home in the sense and do it like uh, you are at home. Mm. I mean, don't expect um, things. It's of course you 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 pay for something. But it's also that's maybe more in in the service uh, which you pay, and but then also it's just to, to, the the different and just to make you feel you're you're traveling even more because you're in a place which is different to to home, and then also to make them realize that it's not only about. The, the place it's also you 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 should also live the area around you i mean the the where you go on holiday because here it's i mean we have olive trees there are three thousand years old there are sculptures and mm -hmm. this one we have to preserve as well because like to the south more to lecture they are all with the 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 exilia this illness that we we have and we hope that it won't come more towards north because it's a it's a disaster and this means it comes from something mm. now I, I know that covid19 caused dreadful consequences for you in terms of delays and all sorts of challenges in terms of living through the pandemic. When you look at the future in terms of how this experience has has changed your worldview, changed your your view about what comes next, what 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 would you share with people? To be honest, we we have been in a, being here actually in uh, in Puglia. It's different than maybe to one 
someone who had to to stay in a, in a small apartment to mm. be locked up we have been very grateful we we could stay in the countryside where we were outside so um it's maybe we have a different vision because we could really continue living apart what were the the most thing we were missing was the social life the social life pascal what does it do to the to the creatives mindset to the designers mindset I, do you think you'll be designing things differently because of what we're living through or do you think actually we're going to get back to doing things the way we were before you know it yeah you know what actually this pandemic didn't change really my life in sense of i was already i didn't uh, wait for the covid to change uh, my way to live we still have to look at the planet see a bit the people they relax we have to live a bit a bit more respect and 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 for design i would say we have to maybe design more with the, what we've got not create all these plastic things or or change or i'm not of course, we have aircon or something, but I'm not for this over uh, technology. Uh, you know, when you so it's more it's more rustic. It's more rustic. No, I wouldn't say rustic, but you have, we we've got very nice prime uh, material in in the world without changing too much. We have to live where we are and stop destroying everything. Means design is not creating something that doesn't exist. Design is creating something, objects with, like I said before, you give them life and you are in and you feel like uh, comfortable. You know, when mm. you create a chair, when you can sit more than 30 seconds, I don't know what is the point. No, we have to be somewhere when you are relaxed and you enjoy life. I love it. I love it. Now, unfortunately, our time is almost up, but I just want to take this opportunity before before we do say um say ciao um is to both work globally you've both seen lots of different things lots of different projects but you've traveled a lot a lot of our listeners are thinking about how do we travel well in the future what what are the what are the tips what's the advice that that travelers would share What's the secret of traveling well, Ulrika, from your perspective? And then, Pascal, last word to you. Well, it's actually contradictory for what we said before, because unfortunately, to travel um, far, which uh, many people want, you have to take the airplane. It's not uh, the, a very um, eco-friendly yeah, eco way of traveling or maybe just many people, you know, they even don't know their own country. I see now I get newsletters. I mean, I discovered places you have in the UK. I never even heard about and I said actually you have everything what you need in your own country and uh, but of course it's not also good for our business to say so but um, you can even by traveling by car even a car, a car is doing pollution but uh, maybe not with the but maybe what we take out of that Ulrika is that it's not air miles it's mindfulness that's actually going to be the you know being present being aware because you're right I mean a lot of people have had a renaissance about their own countries but they will still want to go to other places but maybe it's done differently Pascal what, what's your view on the art of traveling well yeah, I think if you want to travel well, you have to, uh, for me, I, I would say I, I would go and travel with comfort and where I want to go. And 
do because traveling it's like uh, most of the people it's holiday means if you have to absolutely go somewhere and rush around to do i went to japan i went to the i don't know what is the point traveling well it's well it's a right time to the good place and enjoy uh, this part because it's it's part of the people they got the souvenir no yeah. It's like uh, traveling. I don't know what is the media of the holiday of the people, but at least instead of to say to everybody, I went to this place and this place, and after the end, they went to a camping and uh, to the um, in middle of millions of people, choose the right place, the right country, enjoy the, the life as much as you, as you can, take some pictures, keep in your eyes. Uh, and come back home and uh, and, and also uh, walk around in Europe. We have a fantastic place as well. A fantastic space and enjoying life. I, I think that's a great place for us to, to, to sort of end this part of our adventure together. I have to say, it's such a pleasure to speak to great sort of double acts, great teams, partnerships. And it's been so funny because obviously what listeners won't have is the vantage points I've got, which is our screen where we can see each other. But seeing <laughs> how you've been looking at each other as the answers have been flying backwards and forwards it's been wonderful it's wonderful to see that kind of dynamic and you can really see how this very very special partnerships work so Ulrika and Pascal thank you so much for joining me that yeah. has been the story of Paragon 700 it's been an absolute pleasure we hope to welcome can welcoming you one day and oh I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I will find my way it sounds, sounds too good not to but I'm sure crucially lots of uh, Mr and Mrs Smith travellers will be yeah, on their way to see you and we see you more than 25 minutes on the bridge <laughs> <laughs> deal okay thanks guys thank bye. You. bye thanks for listening to Changemakers with Mr and Mrs Smith and you can find out more about the Smith Hotels collection at mrandmrsmith.com where listeners to this podcast can enjoy a special £30 discount off any of these extraordinary hotels with the voucher code CHANGEMAKERS. That's the voucher code CHANGEMAKERS for £30 off any Smith Hotel. Thanks for joining us. CHANGEMAKERS is brought to you by the campaign's firm Seven Hills and presented by me, Michael Heyman. Pure Being is the name of our soundtrack and it's written and performed by the brilliant BT Wolf. To find out more, head over to changemakers.works and if you like what you hear, why not give us a rating? 